I'm on the air with Stefan Aronson, and I'm Ryan Hamilton. No more, we're gonna drink till everybody hits that floor, baby. Get down, hey, come on and get down. We're gonna dance till we just can't dance no more. We're gonna drink till everybody hits that floor, baby. Get down, hey, come on and get down. I don't know what you got cooking, but oh my god, you're sure good looking, baby. Get down. Ryan Hamilton from Ryan Hamilton and the Harley Quinn Ghost. Yeah, it's tough because my band is British, and um, in the UK that band name sounds so beautiful yeah. and with that accent, and it's actually really amusing to me because over here people can't, they're kind of confused by it. It's challenging. Yeah. But um, but I like that. I like the juxtaposition of this pretty sounding band name overseas, and then over here, especially when you're from where I'm from. People don't know quite how to say it. Yeah. I, well, that was going to be one of my first questions is like the Facebook page uh, breaks you up between England and Texas. So I'm thinking, okay, a, pandem a pandemic happens. Do you race off to England or hunker down in Texas? And I think we have the answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Texas is home. My family's here. I, I love Texas. Um, but yeah, I've been here just, you know, like you say, hunkered down at home. And uh, I, I would have been okay in England with my, you know, friends and band there. But um, I'm actually happy to have made it back here, you know, before it got too crazy and had the opportunity to get set up at home. Oh, yeah. So, so then you do leave England in order to come here when a pandemic happens. Yes. And I had a tour there in January. It was an acoustic tour. And... Um, I mean, it seemed like I got done with that, came home, and then all of the sudden, the world, you know, it, it, the whole thing exploded. I couldn't yeah. believe that it felt like I'd, I'd barely escaped it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm guessing shows, tours, events that you had already planned on are, are, have been canceled over the last few months. Yeah, it's a bummer. And I know I'm one of many, but, you know, I was supposed to be doing the festival season over there and festivals in the UK, you know, especially being a kid from America, you see that like sea of people, Yeah. you know, when, you, when you're a music lover as a teenager and uh, like I was so excited to go do that and it all got canceled or moved to next year. And um, it's a bummer. I mean, it's especially when you're kind of operating in the middle, like myself and a lot of us are and you're not Beyonce famous, mm -hmm. you know, you, you count on going on tour and getting in front of those people. And, you know, it's a lot of those festivals are, you know, five to 10,000 people at a time. And, you know, if you get on one of the bigger ones, it's hundreds of thousands of people. So um, to not get to do that is a really tough pill to swallow. Yeah. My goal is Beyonce famous as well. I think that's a good standard. <laughs> um, so... That, that's gonna be good. I'm glad. I'm glad we're both gonna get there to Beyonce famous. 
Um, if you're if you're from um, Texas, is South by Southwest something that you look forward to, or something that ha- ha- just is like, oh man, that's just happening again in my state, like whatever? I used to get really excited about it. Now I say that it makes me South by South stressed yeah. because I just I just don't. It's it's like why do the Foo Fighters need to play South by Southwest? It's mm. defeating the purpose. I don't yeah. need to go to South by Southwest to see the Strokes or Foo Fighters. Yeah. I remember going a long time ago and seeing Arcade Fire perform on the street corner, you know, things like that. Like it was magic in that way. These bands that were just about to break busking. Yeah. Um, Used to go every year. I haven't gone in several years for that reason, because it's kind of turned into mainstream bands that have already made it. The bands that are trying to break really struggle to get a good show. I hate that it's turned into what it's Mm -hmm. turned into. Honestly. I still love it, but the part I love, the part I hate about it is it's changed into like if Sixth Street were like a beach and everybody's hanging out on the beach, you want to be seen on that beach instead of in the venue. And it's like, yeah, as a as a promoter of shows, I'm like on the inside going, all right, I see that you're having fun out there, but I would love it if you just got off the beach and came inside and hung out with us yeah. for a little while. Um, so when it rains during South by, I'm like, yeah, bring on that rain. <laughs> that's uh, great yeah that's a whole other layer to the frustration for me there it's exactly what you're talking about it just feels like you know spring break or something it's like you're missing you're just partying in the street and it's become background music to you like get in there and watch the band they a lot of them traveled from so far how did you how did you end up with a band from england being based in texas uh the short of that story is I'd had a couple of opportunities here in America and been in bands that, you know, had been signed and done really well. And you're being told you can be the next big thing. And and we did great. Um, And one of those projects took me to the UK once, maybe twice. And um, that, that was a whole new audience for me. It wasn't kind of the same old people. And um, there was, it felt exciting to me because I felt brand new again for the first time after almost a decade of slugging it out and previous like a virgin yeah <laughs> for the very first time yeah i was just checking to see if it's on that realm like that kind like similar or something similar musically okay cool okay cool, cool. Yeah. i'm on the same page uh, then it just kind of it felt new and exciting over there and um when the other projects went away which was kind of inevitable I went, if I'm going to start over again for the third time in the music business, I really want to go somewhere new. I went to the guys that had toured with us in the UK and just said, hey, I'm going to go make a record on my own. What do you think about sticking together and really trying to drive it home in, in the UK? And I knew I wanted to focus all of my energy there and not even try to break America, just you know, focus on the UK and the UK only. And it, just, it caught fire almost immediately over there. And... Um, I'm super thankful to even have had the chance to nobody gets a third chance really in this business. So um, it was a smart thing to do, but I've also been very lucky over there and that's how it all went down. Just, you know, from a couple of tours from other bands and meeting some guys and uh, (laughs) begging them to stick with me while I start over. Because I, I Googled um, your band name and your, your name alone and noticed a few uh, alternative band, uh, either names or different things. Is that yeah. explain, does that explain why I'm finding different versions of your name out there? Or, or are there other stories behind that? 
And that pretty much explains that. But also there was another band called The Traders, which we used for a while that we just didn't, we could tell it was, they were starting to kind of say things on the socials like, hey, you know, that's our band name, even though we legally were safe because it was my name and the, and we had gone through the legal process to own that name. I just didn't want to do it. And then Paul Ryan, the former speaker, can I curse on here? Yeah. I find myself sick. Okay. So, so the, way, the, the way that I always say that is um, the rule is if your mom watches this podcast and if she's yeah. okay with your language, you can speak any way you want to speak. Okay, cool. There are certain things I, I'll feel safe saying. So when the shit hit the fan politically in this country, and Paul Ryan was a big part of that, the hashtag Trader Ryan was trending for all the wrong reasons. And that was my Twitter handle because our band used to be Ryan Hamilton and the Traders. Uh, yeah. So my Twitter handle was at Trader Ryan. And I was getting all of this political, you know, traitory pro-Trump also. It was, it was a mess. Yeah. So I didn't want to be associated with that. And total fluke that it happened. We had already kind of talked about changing the name and finding something unique that was our own. And I knew I wanted something weird. So, um, that was the catalyst or kind of, I guess let's just say the tipping point for changing the name. And um, we're on Wicked Cool Records, which is Stevie Van Zant's label. And Stevie had a hand in helping us rename the band too. So, uh, I mean, who gets that opportunity to have little Steven help you yeah. pick a new band name? So the, the Ryan Hamilton doesn't get a bunch of uh, uh, political stuff <laughs> into it. A little more chill. And, yeah, and it's just me. Yeah. There's um cool. There's a comedian named Ryan Hamilton, and we have a lot of mutual, well, several mutual friends, and his Twitter handle is just at Ryan Hamilton. So it's like competition. I, yeah, how can I one up this guy just and, for, in a and funny also, way? Uh, at Ryan Hamilton and the Har Harley Quinn ghost. Uh, <laughs> really long Instagram name. So too much. That's it's a bit much. much to type. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit much to type. And like, if you were to abbreviate it, where do you abbreviate it? So, yeah, too uh, much. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, the, the, it's like you sort of want that Instagram hype, but not uh, when when it suddenly becomes political and you're aligned with a bunch of Trump supporters and you're like, ah, this is happening too fast. Yeah. And look, I don't mind standing up for what I think is right. And um, like, I'm trying to be successful and just kind of spread messages of love and peace and all of that so um i definitely don't want to lean too hard in the political yeah. direction i think it's i think it's all right to 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 look at texas and just tell everybody hey do better just do better like i agree uh, um, <laughs> yes it's like I, it's like there's a lot of things i love about you but there's a few things i'd love it if you just did better right now like yeah um, very well said and yeah couldn't agree more um i've had been having fun listening to your music and um it's interesting because um, it's like on the surface level, uh, someone might get thrown off and be like, oh, these are kind of religious Christian songs. But then when you dig mm. in, you're like, wait a second, is <laughs> getting political in here? Or like, yeah. um, wh where do you think you fall on that? I think just growing up in the South and going to, like I was, I don't want to use the word forced because my family was just trying to do the right thing. But I went to church three times a week growing up, uh, twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday. And mm. it's just kind of verbally beaten into you to be a certain way and believe a certain thing. And there's this guilt that just becomes a part of you and this fear. Then you end up becoming an artist on some level. And 
artists are very open, typically people, and you want to understand and figure things out for yourself and have your set of beliefs. So that has been a big hurdle for me in my life um, to wonder what I believe and even doubt what I believe felt wrong, want to figure it out on my own, felt like I was doing something wrong. To write from that place, I think being from here, just it feels important to me on a personal level. And I think that it's important to put stuff out there for other people like me that have been told to believe a certain way. It's like, look, this may not be true. Like give yourself the opportunity to, to doubt and question and wonder if, you know, your, your parents probably were doing the, their best, but it's what they were taught and what their parents before them were taught. And I mean, it's a big deal for me. It shows up in my songs a lot, I know, but um, it's really more about why did this happen? And, you know, what is almost brainwashy and what is good, you know, parenting or yeah. grandparenting or whatever. Cause it's coming from a good place. It's a, I think it's a pretty heavy thing to talk about. And um, when it shows up in songs, it, uh, yeah, I've definitely had some family and friends kind of go, that's inappropriate. You can't yeah. sing about that in that yeah. way. <laughs> but then you have to because it's part of your uh, upbringing. So it's in you. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, some of my favorite artists, they just, they sing about where they come from and what they know. And, and for me, that's been a big, a, it's not even really a hurdle. It's just been a big life lesson for me mm -hmm. to grow up and get older and um, realize that I spent a lot of time believing something that I no longer believe, at least not to the extent I did. So that is that part of the breakup that you talk about? There, there's a breakup with the Catholic oh. Church? Jesus and John Lennon, and when the breakup comes, it hurts. Yeah. Um, yes. So, I mean, that's kind of however you want to take it. But for me, yes, it's that, you know, it's any relationship, really. But in the context of that lyric, yes, it's the um, breaking away from the forced structure of the church. I think you can be spiritual and not necessarily be religious. But I thought it was... Um uh cool in texas to be uh religious like but <laughs> well, yeah it's um it's almost like it's weird to feel like the black sheep for not being a part of this thing like you have to go to church on sunday you have to you know do all of these things so i don't know if it for me i'm not gonna say it's cool because i don't think it's cool but it's definitely the um the thing that most people do yeah for sure yeah what do um, John Lennon and Jesus share in common? Um, wardrobe, facial hair. <laughs> I don't know. Do it. That's the other thing. White Jesus, like Jesus wasn't white. I think Jesus and John Lennon both had similar lessons as far as, you know, I think of John Lennon and even the bed piece stuff and, you know, all of, all of those songs about love and understanding. They had similar messages. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I really like the juxtaposition of they really were similar in a lot of ways. And yet when John Lennon made that famous comment, religious people started burning, you know, Beatles records when he said mm -hmm. that they were more popular than Jesus. Yeah. And then if you really put their belief system on how to treat people, at least, it's very similar. It's fascinating to me. Yeah.
I made my own assumptions and figured it had something to do with them both being killed by the by the the people that were around them. Um, that that's part of it too. That's great. And I guess for the people who haven't heard that song, the the tag is you know just like Jesus and John Lennon, a beautiful beginning, and it's but it's all going to fall apart. That was a big question for me just in my life. Like if you knew something was going to fall apart, maybe Jesus knew, maybe he didn't. John Lennon surely didn't know he was going to get mm -hmm. shot. If you knew that that was the outcome, would you still behave the same? Yeah. If you, if, or would you not try as hard? Or would you try even harder to maybe will it to change? But yeah, those, those two tragic stories are very similar in that way as well. Like if a Bill and Ted time machine showed up, would you go back and change any choices that you made to like have a different outcome, get the band back together? Yeah. People always seem to go to that i don't have any regrets you know because i'm the person that i am and i wouldn't be this way if um if i hadn't been through those difficult times and i'm mm -hmm. totally on board with that but there is part of i think everyone that would want to go back and just bill and ted style mm -hmm. want this one thing just yeah. see just maybe just that one thing that was a little bit too much let's maybe go back and change that like maybe i'd go back and buy bitcoin 10 years ago or something <laughs> exactly somewhere in that realm yeah, um, yeah. i mean we're changing future. one thing one thing yeah like almanac yeah. biff style yeah that didn't turn out so well but no. <laughs> i mean i mean he did get a huge casino with a wife with big boobs so yeah, yeah. it's kind of amazing yeah. um, I mean, the, a serious crush on leah thompson by the yeah. way that's a that's probably a different podcast interview that is true. The the I, I wouldn't even know how to navigate that conversation of like how to how to talk about um, uh, characters on TV that we have crushes on and and keep it keep it going forward and not just like, hey, where do we go now? We listed ten people, so yeah, what's next? <laughs> so you're raised in Texas. You get the mm -hmm. opportunity to to suddenly be outside of the U.S. and be a rocker in England, which is pretty hardcore cool. Um, yeah. And, uh, okay, so you're playing venues there, you're playing venues here. Have you found your favorite venue? Oh man, that is a great question. There's a venue in London, St. Pancras Old Church. It's an old church that they have concerts in. And the stage, you're literally standing on graves in the church wow. on this stage. And the Beatles have some history there. They, they took a really famous photo in front of that church. You probably don't realize the photo that it is until you look at it you go oh wow they're standing in front of this church i would probably say that place there's something about playing in a church that is already kind of especially with my background that we just talked about that is if you already... didn't say it i was gonna say it i was like okay. there's a church coming back into this <laughs> yeah that's probably my my favorite um it just felt magical and like i was doing something i wasn't supposed to but loving it mm -hmm. played there twice both you know, sold out, crazy, memorable nights that uh, people still mention to me whenever I tour over there. Like they ask if I'm going to play there again. And nice. um, yeah, I'm going to go with that. St. Pancras Old Church. Very cool. So you're rocking out in England. You either, um, you make a bill with a bunch of bands. What's the memorable band that you're like, guys, you need to check out this band because their sound is just what yeah there was a band called fort hope that i thought was going to be like the biggest thing ever and they've just kind of not done much 
I know they had major label interest. Uh, that dude, Jonathan, is their singer. It's an unbelievable vocalist. There's this other girl. Her name is Chrissy Barnacle. It's one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard. What a great name also. Mm-hmm. She's um, from up north. I can't remember if she's Scottish or Irish. She's Scottish. That's right. But those, those two in particular always stick out to me. I really thought either Chrissy or that band Fort Hope would go on to be huge. And um, I know Chrissy's still playing around and she's doing fine. But um, you just never know. You never know which ones are going are gonna to go. It's, it's hardly ever the ones you yeah. expect. Yeah. But, but those two both blew me away. I still have my finger on bands in San Francisco that I'm just like, when is it going to pop? Like, you're right yeah. on the edge. When is it going to happen? We're so, say we're, we're so close. <laughs> <Just> uh. <laughs> think of like the bands that you've been listening to and you start getting invested and you're like, we're going to blow up so soon. Yeah. Dude, you just never know. It's, yeah. it's tough. Yeah, I, I do a lot of meetups with musicians, and the number of them that are like, if if you could do anything else, if you could, if there's anything else out there that would make you happy, like consider it. This is <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I so. I think about things, and other bands do the same thing. Like Marin Morris used to open for me, mm-hmm. and then and now she's this like massive country music star, and um. You know, but she was she was young. She was coming along, and people were like, "She's going to be a big deal someday." And she's gone on to be Marin Morris, and I'm still slugging it out. You know, and yeah, there yeah. are a lot of bands like that, and it's okay. You have to be thankful that you even get to do this. You know, for a living. She's got the juice now. <laughs> yeah, she does. But that's hard to watch. Watch these others, you know, who are younger, yeah. and they just skyrocket out of nowhere. Yeah. And maybe it's because they got computers at a young age. Yeah. Like, something to do with just <laughs> being raised with better, better technology. Yeah. The, um, the, so the pandemic ends, uh, people are allowed to gather and you're booking a show. What's the lineup? Are we headlining? I, I, or do I get and, to support somebody. You get to choose. Like you, you get to choose the spot, the spot you want in the lineup and who's in it. I would actually go out and support somebody on like a huge tour you know who i would love to go out with is uh jason isbell or maybe lucas nelson in the promise of the real like some somebody in there a little more americana mm-hmm. like go out on a really big tour like that that would be unbelievable i would nice. jump all over that yeah festival tour or playing uh, venues oh i'm gonna say festivals okay yeah the um festivals are definitely fun um yeah you mentioned another band that is a um, the lead singer's name plus the name of the band. What's the I- ideology or like what's the thought process behind naming the band? I find it increasingly important, maybe the older I get, that you define the name. Like the name doesn't define you. So you, bands like Stone Temple Pilots are a great example. Like if you just write that name down, you have no idea what that music sounds like. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible name. What a terrible mm-hmm. name. Stone <laughs> Temple Pilots? Are you kidding me? But they went on to define that name and a sound comes with that name whenever you say it out loud and people abbreviate it STP. That's yeah. a, a, probably a, a good example of some, a band defining their name. So I think if you can find something that you like, if you want it to be you know, odd, like the, this one we chose a couple of years ago, I like a challenge. I like the challenge of going, okay, nobody else has a name like this, mm-hmm. but we're going to make it commonplace. Yeah. It also has to fit or at least close in the at least in the same universe of what everybody looks like and the kind of music that you play 
Like we're not going to be death blow. Yeah. You know, or, or whatever. Um, Eagles of death metal get away with it. You could just be Ryan Hamilton or you could just be uh, the Harley Quinn ghosts. Um, mm. But you, you made the choice to, to name the rest of the band. Yeah. I like the freedom of the option of doing things on my own. Like I've, I put stuff out on my own sometimes or go out on my own sometimes. I want it to sort of be streamlined, you know, Elvis Costello style. If you go find Elvis Costello's music, whether it's just him or it's the band, it's all there together. If you go find it, it's all in the same place. So that was important to me. Uh, when you say all in the same place, uh, do you have to have two Spotify profiles or can you have one Spotify profile? <laughs> you do have to have two. And that's the other thing. Like it, today's world, there's so much to think about. It's not just next to each other at the record store. You know, it's um, Spotify and all of those things. Apple Music goes on and on and on. It's probably cheaper to tour by yourself. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> and it always plays into the thought process too whether it's with the booking agent or, or whoever it's like hey your overhead would be really low what kind of tour do you want to do that's tough I, I don't like for money to be the driving force but yeah. um but yes it's a very true statement <laughs> the uh then the next tour you do do you um do you drive it and this is figurative tour like it doesn't exist yet um sure do you drive it or do you fly to destinations drive i love being on the bus or you know if it's a smaller tour and we're in a van i like that i like that road trip feel it's it brings you closer as people you know you, you make more memories that way as convenient as flying is and if your schedule is really wild and you have to do it i get it but if I have the choice, I always like to drive or ride. How do you um, maintain uh, that clean uh, rock and roll smell uh, so that you don't smell sweaty and gross at the next show? Everybody uses the same trick. Baby wipes. You take, we call them whore baths because yep. you just uh, clean the necessary parts. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the night, it's funny, especially if you're on a bus and you can't shower. Not all venues have showers. I think a lot of people wonder why musicians end up with this greasy look sometimes well this is why because you can't really bathe so at the end of the night before everybody's getting into bed you're just all like wiping down with baby wipes or whatever you have it's ridiculous but i thought, um, I thought that greasy looked helped hold the hair back kind of helped uh, everything <laughs> stay in place made yeah. the curls nice and pretty yeah it's just dirt yeah okay nice <laughs> nice so that that patina on on venues that smell that's distinctly uh like a live show that might just be the band yeah like, it's just yeah, the band okay. it's just sweat okay. covered up with baby wipes okay i've definitely walked past <laughs> venues and i go oh man that place memory smells so good i love it and yeah. someone else is like that smells like sweat and bo and maybe <laughs> beer and i'm like i love yeah. it i yeah. love it it's sticky the floor is sticky yeah yeah i like that too I I do love the smell of like uh, a venue. I do not like the smell of a tour van. Like tour vans can get right, Oh my god. Right. Yeah, like the when you do laundry and it doesn't dry all the way. Oh gosh. It gets that like a bad laundry smell. Horrible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's that smell is something special. If you smelled it before, mm -hmm. you you will never forget it. <laughs> I have a bad connotation to Febreze because Febreze is supposed to make things smell nice and it's supposed to be like people love the smell of Febreze. But once you live in a moldy apartment and you're spraying Febreze on everything, Febreze takes on a new smell that I no longer <laughs> like the smell of Febreze because I yeah, associate yeah. it with like this moldy smell. So Yeah, I get that. 
so if people are going to check out your music and they're and they're um listening to um your most recent song the jesus yeah. and and jesus uh, and john lennon thanks yep are they gonna be like dang this is like a departure from your previous sound or is it gonna be like wow this fits in so good it's a little bit of a departure especially the rest of this new record is is a departure i feel like it's just growing into what i've always wanted to do it's kind of been headed in this direction in a weird way there are a ton of similarities it's not it's not a crazy leap but it is mm -hmm. a departure that is very fair to say and the um what's the release plan uh we, we've got one song so far do all the rest come together or will you get them over the course of time yeah so in the next couple of weeks we're going to release a song called oh no which um my friend Kay hanley from letters to cleo sang on it with me and then a couple of weeks after that, there'll be another single called Newcastle Charm. And then a couple of weeks after that, one more single before the actual album release. So we're gonna kind of ramp it up. Um, we just went to radio with Jesus, Jesus and John Lennon. It's doing great. And then these other ones will go to radio and, and I mean, fingers crossed, one of them really takes off because that's what everybody wants, right? Uh, have you had the the shock or excitement or thrill of like not paying attention and suddenly hearing it on radio? Or are you still waiting for that? Um, I actually got the heads up that it was going to premiere on Sirius XM. So I guess I was a little spoiled in that way because I yeah. knew it was coming. But yeah. it still felt just as good. Like to hear it that first time and hear them say nice things about it and um, then to see the response online is it's really fun. There's not a better feeling, I don't think, than hearing your song on the radio or hearing a crowd sing your song back to you live. Those yeah. two feelings are, are really magic. I've heard the only problem is there's a little bit more fear of messing up because everybody might know the lyrics better than you and you're like, <laughs> I can't mess up now because you're all singing, so. <laughs> I would actually prefer that. Be like, you guys got it. Sorry. You got it. It's cool, it's cool. <laughs> turn, the, turn the mic, we got this. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I have a love hate with audiences singing. I'm I'm pumped up because I'm like, oh, you guys get it. But I'm like a little quieter. I'm trying to hear the yeah. singer because <laughs> yeah, paid to hear him. Yeah, if they are gonna sing the whole song, and this happens to a few for me in England, I always try and have that moment, either the song before, or the song after, where not necessarily a deep cut or anything like that because I haven't been doing this particular project long enough to have deep cuts, but something where you do have that moment as a performer. So mm -hmm. like what you're saying, I want that too. I want to yeah. be able to kind of show the people that bought a ticket. It's like, look, we're giving this to you. We want to sound good. We want to feel good about what we're doing. And then flip side of that coin. Okay. You want to sing the entire song? Great. Yeah. Sweet. But um, everybody, you know, I feel like you should have both moments. Yeah when people are at your shows is there is there something that you expect to see like are they breaking out lighters are they creating a mosh pit are they uh like swaying or are you looking out and going up oh, i i knew that was coming i knew you were going to do that <laughs> it always feels very joyous at our shows and i'm very proud of that i am a big fan of the communal concert music experience i like everybody to feel a part of it a lot of people you know it's that we're on stage, there's almost kind of a wall. Some people get away with that, bands like um, Interpol, or bands that are a little darker, a little more, we're not gonna talk to the audience, we're just gonna do our thing, and it's probably great. It's a different experience, though. I know whenever we play a show that it's gonna be big smiles and singing along and just that, you know, feeling of joy in everybody together. Yeah. 
That's fun. That's yeah. fun. And then selfies afterwards. Yes. And I will talk to anybody as long as they want to talk. I like to go hang out after. I don't believe in having an ego to the point where you just kind of disappear into the night mm-hmm. and try and kind of play up that whatever that is, the, the bullshit mystery. It's like, come on, we're all just yeah. people out here. But it might be at the merch table just so, you, so that you yeah. can capture some emails <laughs> and maybe uh, sell a cool shirt. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so what the I said, merch. That's, yeah. yeah, I'll be at the merch table. Please come say hi. Yeah, yeah. not for any yeah. reason. There's nothing for sale behind me. But if you want to meet me at the merch table, we've got new shirts. We've got new shirts. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. The, um, do you have a design that you're predict, uh, like fond of, like where you're like, check out this shirt. It is legit. You know, I've, I'm such a big fan of music and going to shows growing up. I always wanted the tour t-shirt, you know, I mm-hmm. wanted the souvenir. And um, every time we have a new tour t-shirt, that's, I think because that's what I would go get if I went yeah. to a show. I always want people to have the shirt from that tour. Yeah. I, I made, um, I have a project called Balance Breakfast and we did our first uh, like big festival and I did the tour thing down the back. It wasn't really a tour, it was a list of all the bands. And same, yeah. I was just like, look at all those band names, pretty cool. <laughs> like, this is a collectible. Yeah, it's a thing, it feels good. I think it yeah. feels good to see all of that. I just get worried about putting dates on things for fear that at the end of that date, you're like, so you want this uh, collectible 2018 <laughs> shirt? It's it's super collectible. You're gonna love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That one's a little hard. Um, I've seen festivals. Yeah, I've seen festivals do that. They break out the old merch and they're just like, "Ooh, this stuff is collectible." And you're like, "You mean old? Or you mean like it doesn't have relevance anymore?" <laughs> yeah. If you're smart though, you can do like a buy one get one half off. Uh, you know, and then you're you're selling the old one for half and nice. it's not, it's not just sitting around. Nice. Uh, go to the website. Everything's on sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if, uh, if someone's gotten to the end of our interview and they're like, I might kind of like you, you, you seem kind of cool to me. Um, and you wanted to like, tell them like, Hey, you're going to love my music. What would you tell them about your music to say? Like now go check it out. I would say if you like, you know, Americana singer-songwriter stuff. It's nothing too hard rock or anything like that. If you like Tom Petty, if you like um, that Southern, I, sh- I hate to compare, but you know how it is. Yeah. Um, it's better to compare than to have a genre, I feel like, because genres are dead. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I would say if you like Tom Petty or um, I'm trying to think of who else people always compare us to, let's just stick with Tom Petty. If you like Tom Petty, if you're a big Tom Petty fan, Almost guaranteed that you're going to like our band. The, what's funny about that is um, I wasn't going to say it, but I was thinking it. I was like, that. there's a little correlation there. Someone might have had a free-falling uh, album or something. Um, it is exciting to see the, the 90s come back, but in a completely yeah. morphed and like tran- translated <laughs> kind of way in all the... like like all my friends are making music and I go, oh, I know what you were listening to when you were 13. I got it. Right, got right. <laughs> That's fun. Um, so, uh, we have some more, um, live music from you. What do you want to say about the songs you're going to play? Whenever we were finishing this new record, which everyone's so excited about, and I know it's the best thing I've ever done. And it's cool to feel like the people around me, you know, they say the same thing, like, this is the best thing you've ever done. Um, I was always a fan of acoustic versions of, you know, albums or songs or whatever. I think we just talked about the nineties. I think about bands like 
Counting Crows that would go do VH1 Storytellers or Unplugged or whatever. So um, we did almost half of the album. We did acoustic ver- live acoustic versions like that. So um, I have some of those to play here uh, for, with you and all the awesome people that are going to listen to this. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited as well. <laughs> all right. It's a red hot temper and a red hot dress It's keeping it clean and it's a big hot mess A cold exterior and a great big heart It's knowing it's over before it starts How man, Kenny and Y.I. American girls can't even say that right She'll hold your hand just to break Newcastle charm Newcastle charm A couple in the morning Something stronger at night It's knowing you're wrong And then swearing you're right Going out with the girls And out drinking the boys Getting told to be quiet And then making some noise Newcastle charm Newcastle charm
that's done with a southern accent where I come from now that drunk take in Atlanta is just a Pray. 
so cool i i'm so pumped so if people want to find you on social media like how, where do they go to to like get more it's all the ryan hamilton on instagram twitter and all that good stuff um, facebook you can just search my name as well it'll pull up uh, me and the harlequin ghosts and um there will be plenty especially in the coming months of links to apple music spotify amazon all of that stuff so if you just find us anywhere find me anywhere on the socials the first thing you're going to see right now is um is the new album or or a new single and we'll we'll see you at the merch table you totally will okay see you at the merch table <laughs> so same, same as him all my handles are at stefan aronson easy to find like and subscribe follow us enjoy it's been a great show it's been awesome to have you here great thank you so much for sure